This is Michael Coe from the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and you're listening to some of the best podcasts available on the internet, only on the No Phony Podcast Network. This is a podcast that would otherwise be recorded weekly, except for the fact that we took a month off in January of 2021. But we're back up and running, right, Bill? And we're here to review movies. Right, Tom. And, you know, I just want to say that we really didn't go on vacation. No, we didn't. And we didn't uh, get buried alive under a snowbank or any other weird uh, occurrence. No, or and it wasn't, by a nuclear it, a nuclear war either. And in true Heroes Garage fashion, we didn't really <laughs> plan our vacation to happen. <laughs> I know. It's amazing how life just happens. And so we have to regrain, regain those two, three followers that we lost. So that's why we got to put up something rather quickly. Yeah, we just kind of decided we we're going to not record anything for a month (laughs) (laughs) but i'll tell you what we've watched a lot though yes we've got plenty of material we've been binging as uh you and i both know from the back and forth and our text messaging which is really where we produce and organize our thoughts around these shows sounds professional yes it does so speaking of professional, we are going to probably lean heavily on the person in this group that actually has a little bit of training in critiquing these movies. Oh, in no, our... <laughs> no pressure, right? <laughs> um, so we are going to dive into The Midnight Sky, which is a Netflix original uh, directed by George Clooney, written by Lily Brooks Dalton, Mark L. Smith. And it's also starring a George Clooney, Felicity Jones, David Oyaloa, and a host of others. A host of others, you say? Yeah, a whole lot of others is probably what I should have said, really, uh, more accurately. Um, we do have a... Ooh, that's a weird name. Last name is Springall. <laughs> Uh, and we're back in true form. <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle Chandler, no, we all we, know. We, take, <laughs> we, a, all we know. take a month off, but we pick up right where we started. Yeah, I mean, I should have gotten on Google and used all of their fine features to learn how to pronounce names, but I didn't. Uh, we have Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights fame as Mitchell, Damon Bitcher as Sanchez. Tiffany Boone is Maya. Sophie Rundle is Jean. So we got a lot of folks here if we really want to get into the into the weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't really have to. 
No. What do you know about George Clooney, Mr. Bell? Wow, what an actor, huh? Uh, he, he, you got to think that he just kind of ran with this, which is funny because, you know, we're seeing a trend, at least let's make everybody notice, there's a trend that a lot of Netflix material is coming from graphic novels, comic books, short stories, or just books, right? So I'm dodging the George Clooney question right now. I've noticed. So this is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dancing. So, uh, you know, Good Morning Midnight was this book that was based in, uh, 1939, Tom. And, um, I don't know what they did with the book. I think that they looked at it. They said, Oh, there's a book with some sort of a title. And then they just threw the book in a fire. And, um, mm. uh, because it just doesn't seem that they really tracked with the original material, which comes through, which George Clooney gets to own, quite frankly, because this was his baby, his project. He directed it. He co-starred in it. Um, he probably had some writing credits to it, even though he's not given it. Because, you know, stars like this, Tom, they like to have their hands in everything, don't you think? Yeah, they like to take what they like to call creative umbrage. Um, just, <laughs> it's another way of just, you know, how can I show off my brilliance in another capacity other than an actor? And that's what he wanted to do. So he, he tried his best, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was his best, but he tried. <laughs> We have to assume that he gave 100% or 110% in the sports world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is, uh, as an actor, I don't know about you, but I've, I've enjoyed George Clooney. Um, I don't have anything against him as an actor and his acting skills. I always felt mm -hmm. like he was one of those actors on the screen that, um, I enjoyed listening to. He has that one of those voices, right? And um, I think that, uh, you know, he has great acting ability as well. So he's not like, oh, it's a George Clooney film, you know? Yeah. So, I, well, I do I do take uh, umbrage, <laughs> as I use that word twice. <laughs> two minutes. I do take exception. I don't like a lot of what he does, um, right. if I'm being honest. I think he comes across as plastic. He comes across as acting instead of a, car a character. There's not really a huge difference for me between this character and probably 20 other roles he's played. Right. And, um, so there you go. That's my opinion, my biased, laden opinion. Hey, and that's what this is all about, is to share our opinions. Now, as we segue into the actual movie... Why don't you give us a little rundown of what the movie was? Because I'm assuming at this time, since, you know, this movie really just got a lot of press um, before it came out. So it was one of those movies because it came out last year and um, it, it spiked. And I would assume that anybody who's listening to this podcast has really have seen it already. Um, it was just that popular. 
Yeah, I would agree. And a lot of, I mean, it's right around a five and a half on IMDb. That's the the audience score, the people score. And then Metacritic, which is, of course, those arrogant people in in rooms and (laughs) tall towers (laughs) far removed from the populace. Uh, They they also give it a 58, which is interesting the way there's some pretty generous. Yeah. I will say, uh, this is a post-apocalyptic tale. It follows Augustine, a lonely scientist in the Arctic, as he races to stop Sully and her fellow astronauts who are in a spaceship somewhere deep in outer space from returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. Yes, it was. On many levels. You know, it, it started off with some promise. I'll, I'll ease into this. My, um, my experiencing of the story. I'll call it my experience of the story versus my critique because critique just sounds a, a lot more well thought out and well formed than what I'm going to be expressing. <laughs> but, um, he, Augustine started off with a little bit. They just slid the surface of what it, would feel like, like, you know, in The Shining, where it starts off and they're in that big log cabin out in the middle of nowhere. There's a huge snowstorm and you're just kind of off alone. It quickly, quickly takes a hard left-hand turn because it doesn't stay in that haunting kind of place where it keeps the mind and psyche guessing at what's safe and what's unsafe, what's real and what's not. It doesn't do nearly as good a job at all as that 1970s classic or 80s classic did. But it tries to start with that, and it probably that whole party gets crashed pretty early when the young, um, what's her name, shows up, and her name is Iris. Right. And I thought they were going to do something fun and exceptional with Iris, but they really didn't. And the the more that whole parallel, and I'm calling it a parallel because I I don't know, are we spoiling this, Bill? Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I kind of gave my caveat in the beginning of this is that I think that this is one of those movies that we could kind of go into it a little bit more than we would like because it's been out for a while. If you haven't seen it already, there's a good chance you're probably not going to see it. But I, mm-hmm. I believe that most people have seen it. And we're just going to explain to them, Tom, why it didn't work. Yeah, my, my reasons why it didn't work are, are pretty, well, number one, the Augustine Iris parallel process that they wanted to be deep and full of meaning fell completely flat for me as I watched it, that whole story arc. And I didn't, I didn't, they didn't make me fall in love with the science. Um, uh, really specifically, their, their managing of weather didn't win me over. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's because I grew up most of my life in in cold climates, and so I know what it's like to be out in minus degree weather, and I know how dangerous it is. And when you go diving into a body of water and you wiggle and swim around and you're in there for a minute and a half and then you come out and you're fine, just none of that worked for me. Um, and that's not really even a digression because I think when you do a post-apocalyptic dystopian uh, story and you have a scientist in the center of it, you better make whatever you're doing at least come across as scientific. And I right. think that, that that failed throughout miserably. So there you go, Bill. 
Yeah, you would think that hypothermia is a thing that settles in, especially if you're in the polar Arctic, Arctic area and you're not in Minnesota. So you would think yeah. it would be a little bit colder. That's all. And yeah. uh, have a young girl out there venturing with you. Of course, we get the bait and switch on that. Um, yeah, it's funny because it does start off interesting, like any post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, I try not to, you know, know anything about the movie when I get in because a lot of times, I don't know about you, Tom, some of these trailers just give away way too much and I, I walk away like, well, I just saw the movie. Uh, maybe I should have done it with this one. But anyway, uh, it, it was one of those I wanted to experience it. And you're right. You, when you get into a post-apocalyptic, there's a lot of science. There's a lot of mystery. But you would hope there's a lot of mystery, right? Yeah. Um, you, you got the old he's the last man on Earth type of storyline, yeah. and uh, which, you know, is not original. But you, you, you're white, you're waiting to see what their twist is on this. And, uh, okay, the twist is, is he's in the Arctic and, you know, there's somebody else out in space that he's going to reach to and kind of explain to them what's going on. You know, I think, you know, as much as it was difficult with the George Clooney character, Augustine, I had that difficulty threefold with a space mission. Oh okay. my gosh! You know, and, and that just to me becomes uh, it just completely lack of originality. And you know, when you get the audience in Rotten Table Tomatoes going twenty six, and I don't know what these critics are thinking in the fifties. No, you know, I don't know if they're really thinking that George Clooney is going to send them an autograph. But um, yeah, it's that's my little joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was actually. It took a while. It's like my head was in a deep freeze. <laughs> and it came up just in time to catch, but not quick enough. <laughs> well, that whole, you know, it's, and then we get the, the space exploration, got to find life in another planet. Oh, hey, we did. It's great. Oh, no, Earth is destroyed. Oh, you mean all these crew members are really the last people of humanity? Oh, let's start. Taking them out one by one. Oh, let's kill the woman first. Oh, no. Mean we're down to one woman? Oh, let's get rid of the two guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, can you write a, a worse scenario here? It was just, it, it's just huh? not original. It was just, it, mm. it was just boring. And you knew the whole time where it was going. And it didn't have any original originality in its storyline whatsoever. And it, it was like a it. constant. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say it was a constant uh, eye rolling experience while you're watching this. It felt like it broke its neck to save its foot to try to make its way back to the origin story that's known by one and all where a man and a woman are in. <laughs> that's right. We're going to recreate Adam and Eve on the planet of one of the moons off of I don't know. Neptune? No, that wasn't Neptune. It was Jupiter? I don't know. Does it matter? Really? No. Anyway. No, no it doesn't. But you're right. It's like now we gotta, now we gotta slip in the origin story. 
Oh my goodness. And um and then you gotta have that little twist in the end where the girl wasn't there and oh my gosh. And you know, no wonder she's not talking the whole time. You know, which should have been my first cue. I think that yeah, that is a cue. I don't know how I missed it. Although I do know how I missed it. I miss a lot of things. Um but <laughs> I don't know that I've experienced a lot of movies where I love that kind of a flashback. Um, right. I mean, six, six cents, but that's going back to, I don't know when that came out in the nineties sometime. I liked it there where, where he was yeah. seeing things that, that weren't there. Um, but it, if it's not done right or well enough and it's not convincing enough, it really, it doesn't really serve a, a meaningful purpose. And then it feels like, wow, you wrapped a huge chunk of the story around this really it's kind of a trick bait kind of a trope that's been done a lot a lot now and if it doesn't completely. work it, it just doesn't work right completely so. right and because the the way that they do it and and this is what makes it just terrible is they make her be so real and mm-hmm. i mean even with uh his interactions with her was because when you're having an, an interaction with your figment of your imagination, usually that figment isn't really responding to you. But I guess maybe that's what happens when you're slowly going insane. And so even though I have not experienced that, I guess that's one thing that the movie business will tell us, Tom, is that you're going to start singing dead people or figments of your imagination when it's time to go. Yeah. I mean, now that you say that out loud, it's like, I hate the way I hate the way that the movie industry tries to mimic itself over and over again and and you know I see dead people just brought that to life because that's where that's the movie that I was quoting <laughs> and you know, the sixth sense thing and it's kind of like that and it's like well find something a little bit more original or at least try to fool me into thinking this is more original at some right. point but it that never happens here and I will say that I can't help but wonder if part of it is my my negative bias with the main actor in all of this, and I wonder if his kind of tone-deaf approach kind of bled its way into the directing capacities as well, because there was a lot of vanilla here. There wasn't a lot of contrast, and I, I don't think that, that that helped at all, really. Right. You know, and, you know, I don't feel the same way you do with George Clooney. And um, I, I think that he tries his best, especially in this material, to mm-hmm. to save it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that the script that they had, they it, they just really dumped it down, um, stripped it from anything that can make it original, other than um, seeing somebody who is you know a figment of his imagination that doesn't respond, and it's a child who happens to be some younger version of somebody else. It, 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 that was it, right? Other than defying the odds of, um, you know, plunging into water 20, 30 feet and coming out without frostbite or death. So, you know, that there was some originality there. And, um, but outside of that, it's then you had the the whole thing with the space was just ridiculous. The the usual there's always meteors, there's always asteroids. It always mm-hmm. seems to be destroying a spaceship, 
and you always have to send people out to make repairs, and there's always somebody who's going to die. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, can we have some kind of originality here? And they just don't. And I think they expect audiences just to stay dumb. And you can just see by just the audience's response on this that they're not buying it anymore. Um, there's a, so much variety that's out there that I think the audience has wisen up. But unfortunately, I don't think Hollywood has. And especially because George Clooney is a big time player. And it, it's just like you don't get it, right? And, yeah. and that's just that's what's frustrating about it is, is you know, they put a lot of money in this. Um, but the results was just well below mediocre, Tom. If you were, if you were to, to critique the, uh, visual effects, because that's a big deal with science fiction, if we're being honest with ourselves here today, and we're, right. we do nothing else if not pull people back towards the good, honest truth <laughs> from our perspective. <laughs> well, I, I think that's what did is, is the, I mean, did you feel like, the space was was cool, and and that's why I said is they didn't cheat on the, the special effects in space. It wasn't like oh, there's a glitch. Oh, that no, oh, that. I mean, it's gotten to a point that they they produce that very well, and you know, I I bought it that they're out in space, and boy, it looked great. The spaceship looked cool, and you know, they're putting some budget into it. And, mm-hmm. and even just you know, some of the things that he was doing in, um, you know, in his uh, uh, science labs too. Mm-hmm. So they they did a lot of recreation to pass off this, you know, mm-hmm. illusion. But unfortunately, the story couldn't work within the illusion that they created. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest problem with this because. There, with the lack of a cohesive, believable, or compelling through line, you really have a problem with, with the movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just silly. It's just you know it, stuff. Movies, honestly, Tom, movies like this just shouldn't be made anymore. It, it's a waste of time. The only way that you can get away with a movie like this is if there's something going on with the acting and the characters. Of course, this is right. heavily, heavily injected with my bias because I love the character interplay in movies when I like it. If you had something in there that just made it somehow unique <laughs> or right. funny or compelling or y- you might you might find this more interesting, um, but you don't have... I didn't find that anywhere in here. At least it wasn't no. anything I could remember or recall. And, and kind of pair it back to you in this podcast. So that that has to be pretty bad when you just can't even remember. I can't even remember anything that just kind of any character narratives that even kind of rubbed off each other or collided with each other or anything. I think it was all pretty bland. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, come on. Um, there's been some really good space movies. Uh, you know, The Martian was cool. Uh, Gravity, I thought, was Cool interstellar, and he's in gravity, right? Mm-hmm. Interstellar, as much as it's time is space. Ed Astra, I mean, even you know, Brad Pitt's movie had some problems to it, but 
they they pale in comparison with what's going on here. Yeah. And um, I mean, because you you put yourself when you're making a space movie, you're making this apocalyptic movie, you're you're putting yourself in a category that is going to be compared against. And um, you know, he tries to save it with his acting, and uh, you know, and dear, and I think that's what the critics still liked. George Clooney and they're not going to pan George Clooney because they like him. Mm. And, um, but y- you have to look beyond that. You have to look beyond his acting because there's a story that's here that just doesn't, it just suffers. It suffers in the science fiction world of what's going on. Science fiction needs to be creating and recreating itself and reinventing itself. It doesn't have to go back to these type of storylines that quite frankly, we could just watch on TV and I mean, not Netflix. I mean, you know, ABC, CBS. Mm-hmm. NBC. Yeah. Well, I agree. So I, you know, Bill, I think that's going to probably do it for this review as far as with this entity. I don't think there's much more to say. Would you, uh, I guess I don't feel the need to while I also feel the need to <laughs> ask you thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, thumbs, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Thumbs down, and hopefully we didn't spoil it for you if you're listening and you didn't watch it. Maybe we actually deterred you from seeing this, but if you're a George Clooney fan and you have to see George Clooney, and here it is. He's there. Um, but yes. um, if you didn't see it, just hopefully we deterred you to something else that is a lot better out there, and there are better movies out there. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Heroes Garage. So for now, and until next time. Bye now.